Hey buddy, welcome back to Artificially Unintelligent. We are back with another one. Uh, today the focus is on AGI, Artificial General Intelligence. So basically an intelligence this is, that is smarter or better than humans. And today we have back again Ekin and Tim to, to join us in a discussion about AGI. And it's quite interesting to have like four different viewpoints on AGI. And yeah, let's dive right in. In the end, like with all the hype around like stuff, GPT-3 or GPT, I always see myself coming back to a fine-tuned model or a model only performing one, one specific task. And at the moment, that's the future I imagine for all the large language models because the performance is just way better and the performance of GPT-3, if I'm looking in the industry, it really sucks if you don't specialize it. If you don't fine tune the model on the task, it, it's really bad. It's good at like like some general stuff like text generation, but if you, if you really need high performance and a high accuracy without fine tuning it, it's completely useless. Yeah. It, it, like you always, it's it's like this eighty twenty rule. Like we are, we, we, it 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 manages to do eighty percent of the things, or like reach eighty percent of the score. Then the last twenty percent are, you either need some fine tuning or it's not achievable. Um, but yeah, do you think that large language models will be AGI or will be the future of AI with just more data, more training? So eh, I think it's challenging to say. I think for me, what's the power in like the large language model is the cognition part. That it's it can like it can think, let's keep it in like quotation marks. Um, but the cognition part that it can devise a plan and then it lets it execute. And for me, LLMs may be part of the solution for the thinking part, for the execution. I think you need something else. Um, we see that with all the tools ChatGPT is enabling, for example, like a calculator and stuff where GPT-3 and the large language models are just pure garbage. And I I, I read a book about a guy who, who picked like the five different like tribes of machine learning, like the Bayesian statistics, then the evolutionist with like the evolutionary algorithm, then the uh, deep neural nets guys and two others. I think one was like knowledge-based systems and another one I can't think of. And I think like a future where you combine the best of the different worlds of the different algorithms into like one like larger model or like multiple models taking over different tasks. I think that's a more sensible way to in like AGI than like just relying on one giant model. Hmm. Can I say that you want to say something, Sam? Yes. <laughs> so I feel like it's definitely the NLP part is going to be a, a huge part of AGI because that's also how we perceive our world. That's how we communicate stuff. And I see that as a, a huge chunk. But at the same time, when I tell AGI, in my definition, I also include some computer vision tasks, of course. So I can also imagine something more multimodal and not only um, 
NLP based, a huge NLP based model. Yeah. But now, I mean, we can also think about, okay, is it going to be um, different models uh, like stuck to each other? I don't know um, that I can't assume that right now, but it's definitely going to be a huge thing with different part of models, probably like NLP, computer region, everything all together. Um, but yeah, the, the, the NLP part will be a huge um, chunk in that puzzle. And I, think, I think you're. I think you're yeah. right. Like that, it's based on many modalities, and that um, NLP is maybe the one that we have gotten kind of furthest with as for now. But you know, currently the large, like the LLMs, they live in a digital space, and I can also imagine that robotics will have a huge impact, like when they have to actually roam around in the physical world. Yeah. To to and you know just act and live together with humans at one point. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it, it makes sense as well. I think like natural language on the one hand, that data is really accessible and you have like huge amounts of it, and on the second part, it's like the fastest way to get like to human cognition, because it's very faster to like just analyze the text than to follow a human around and observe what he's doing and try to infer like his thoughts behind it. And on the robotics part, I, I saw a fun demo on the weekend uh, of another hackathon where people used ChatGPT to devise a plan what a robot should be doing. The robot did it and then gave like feedback. And that's, I, th I think that's a fun like implementation of ChatGPT because it was only used for the stuff it's good at just for the planning. And then the robot did the execution and it gave feedback what happened and stuff like that and then it could devise a new plan mm -hmm. so this kind of goes into the direction of foundation models for robotics so there are different approaches like some very end-to-end -end approaches where you basically have a multi-modal um multimodal model like you have computer vision you have an nlp component and it all kind of goes into one network and then you you have some way of representing the, the scene inside of, of that and then it can actually perform well also on quite cherry-picked tasks but there's been amazing progress in this direction but the talks that i've i've seen uh, like whenever you have a lot of progress there you always have to like so people start with those huge models that do everything and then they're like okay but what if we could improve on that and then they rip out a part of it and replace it with some more engineered solution i would say and then that goes on and on and in the end you again like have something like like you don't have a neural network but you have many different approaches from control theory um path like classical path planning and so on and you all merge it together and i guess that this will be very important and also in my opinion neural networks as they they are right now like not only large language models and and this is probably a very hot take but like just your vanilla neural networks won't be agi because like if we look at language models so they can imitate planning but they don't plan like if you you give them a map like okay they can solve some math questions like if they're available on the internet they've probably seen it before so but if you then give it something completely new, like recently I wanted to like make 
uh, like like something with a beta distribution and I don't know some some weird metric there like nothing too hard but I just wanted to see if it could do it because like I, I don't think it's been trained on that and then it step by step concatenated together thoughts that somewhat made sense so from point A to point B that made sense or sounded like it made sense if you strung them together it kept having logical mistakes in there but they were really hard to detect because it somehow was able to argue as if there was a logical conclusion. And that just shows you that doesn't reason, it just tries to fool humans into thinking it is reasoning. And I believe that a reasoning engine, like some logic-based reasoning engine, I don't know, maybe maybe people are working on that, probably they are, but, but that would really improve the capabilities. Okay, Ikin, you're raising your hand. <laughs> Uh, I, I have an argument here. <laughs> um, so like the, the reasoning might be diff different too. Um, the thing is, for example, if we if we define AGI, um, it's like let's say human intelligence, I don't know, like I, um, it might be very close to human intelligence. Yeah, that's the point, etc. Then the, the stupidity come uh, the stupidity point comes into the picture. So, as humans, we also have different reasonings. We can like um, basically have different opinions and reason stuff differently. So how would we define AGI in that sense? Is stupidity uh, okay? For example, it can yeah. also reason it in a different way, but for the AGI, it's true, or maybe it can argue different aspects, but uh, still might be might come up with something different uh, than what you would expect uh, as a human. So how much can we tolerate that stupidity or is it is it even um, uh, fine at all in AGI sense? That's just an open question. <laughs> I mean, I think it should, yeah, I think that's a good question. I think it should be. I think it should be firm on the the knowledge and kind of the, the the truths that are already out there that that is like universally accepted, like maps, for example, that many people have tried to you know um, kind of fool these large language models by saying like two plus two is five, and then it says no, two plus two is four, and then after a while of convincing, you say that hey, it's actually five, and it's kind of accepts this but i think they are working on this and like saying that hey you should also look up what where you get your source of information from um but it, it should be like i think it should be um, have some sort of like when when it knows it but it, but it should also be accepting that it might be wrong like until proven wrong i'm sticking with this kind of um because it's research or something like that, and and if it doesn't have the complete, um, yeah, background of of some sort of information, it should reason why this may be right or this may be wrong. For example, like that. I think that's. I mean, that's what humans do. Maybe we are even more stupid that we just stick with the topic, even though it's probably wrong for, you know, certain things. Yeah, with uh, scientific papers or like uh, maths, I don't know, physics, I think it, it might be easier because you can just argue, okay, these are the inputs and you can make different uh, interpretation of uh, each. 
but like uh, for the social use cases or uh, more philosophical questions, I think it's it's super interesting to discuss because um, how can you say this is the truth or this is not the truth? Yeah. It's very controversial <laughs> in that sense. Yeah, that's what I mean. But like, why maybe it should be able then to argue for both sides, like teach it to be um, humble and just say like, hey, I might be wrong, but uh, based on this input, I think this is the right thing to do, for mm. example. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think there was uh, back to like the LLM topics. Like I heard some someone saying that um, you know it's quite good at f these models are good at faking human behavior and like kind of acting as it as humans want it to act because it's based on training data and so on that humans have written and is kind of composed by us. But is it only the knowledge like does it actually know what it knows like does it um is it a single being or is it just faking like a model just faking it you know does it have its own um goal here or is it just faking it? like it's like if you have a if you have parents you know they tell you that they love you Osavaleta, and they you know that they are their parents and everything and uh, uh, like in one world you might have like real parents that actually do love you and one that just acts completely the same but doesn't have any feelings for you you know like is it what's the difference i think people would like to live in the world with a former but they wouldn't really know for example and how the that plays on kind of the conscious question i think i think it would be necessary for neuroscience to advance to at the same time so that we can kind of get to the understanding of what actually goes on in our brains i think that's a part of artificial intelligence that also needs to advance together with you know robotics and the industry and so on but funnily enough um when you mentioned the neuroscience part um i read or like alert in a lecture about uh yeah basically neuroscience that the methods uh, neuroscientists are using to analyze how the brain works were used or people try to analyze how a computer chip works using those methods. And from that, they try to find out if the methods in neuroscience are actually sufficient to analyze the brain. It turns out they aren't sufficient to analyze the mm -hmm. computer chip. So because there you know, of course, how it works, right? So you can you have a, like a source of truth and that's a bit, yeah, d disturbing. I think I think we're, we're quite far away in understanding how it works. But the question for me is if we actually need to, I mean, yeah, it, it goes into exactly what you're saying. Like, do we actually need to understand how and why it works? Like, if we, under, if we understand it, maybe we can like build a system we understand that reproduces human intelligence. And if we don't, we can like try throwing data at it maybe then at some point it, it, it actually reaches human intelligence levels somehow. Yeah. Uh, but interacting with the world for me is a huge part like it being able to conduct experiments um but then of course you have ai safety concerns and so on i don't believe they're valid at this point in time actually but uh, i know people have also very different opinions there um 
do, do are you, you worried about AGI, like not not taking the jobs, but really going out there um, trying to harm humans? Me? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I think I, I I I mean I think it's like any technology, like a double-edged sword. Like you can, it's up to the humans to choose what they want to do with the technology, and um, if you want to like. I don't know if you teach that um, single being to be a friend and you know try to invoke kindness into the system in some way. And uh, I think you you also need to work. You need to always try to work on the alignment problem. Um, I think it was Stuart Russell uh, from Berkeley, UC Berkeley, who was talking about like one method called inverse reinforcement learning, which is quite interesting. Um, and I think it is like, it does something and then it asks like with human feedback, for example, it does something and then it asks the human, is this what you wanted to do? Like, is this, you know, am I kind of satisfying what you what you want me to accomplish or something like that and then it, it learns from that type of feedback and that's also an interesting kind of theory i, I don't know how far they've gotten in this but um well to, to your question i think i'm on the positive side of ai i think it can bring more benefits but at the same time you need to be um yeah, very careful with what you do with it. I also agree with William. Um, I'm also in the positive side, but I agree that we need to start posing the harsh questions because it will take a lot of time and um, we, we need to also align with the governments, etc. It's It's a huge topic that needs to be discussed for years at this point. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. I mean, there are those regulation parts of it, I would say, and I, I think they will always be there because, like AI, if you, whenever you have an efficient tool, at some point regulating it or like a, a, any any tool, like uh, uh, guns are regulated um, or I don't know other things. Um, like I mean, I feel I feel like there are some really critical points that need to be highlighted immediately, like like you know, kind of the not the easy points, but you know, the the most obvious ones, like AI for for war warfare, for example, like you know, a defense industry is like a big thing, and it's probably you know, it's not something that or countries they want to have a well functioning defense industry. But at the same time, do you want to use autonomous warfare, you know, that can just act on its own and you can't really say who killed a civilian here or there? I mean, those those are questions that should be raised immediately. And then I also think, I think I brought it up in another session uh, about like deep fakes. That's, uh, I saw today that Tencent is releasing something you can, you can buy three minutes of, um, a deep fake generated AI for like under $50 or something like that. Um, like very easy. You can use it. It's, I think it was up today. And, um, yeah, I, there, there are probably a lot of good use cases that you can use it for, but off the top of my head, I can think of 
X amount that are just mm. pure bad. Mm. I, I mean, you kind of, and I find it interesting, you lose, with generative AI, you lose truth in some way, or like, so right now we have data on the internet and that data is, okay, maybe not at this point anymore, but I don't know, five years ago, uh, most of the data was produced by, by humans and you could be fairly certain that a human put this text out there, a human took this image, of course there was Photoshop and so on, but now we are at a point where basically every piece of information can be like, so you, you can start from a completely made up point and build a story around something. You can put in images and it'll be really hard to determine if there's source of truth and you have already right now people living in bubbles where they believe in things completely contrary to what people in other bubbles might believe. And that might become even easier to, to do that. So at some so point, it, yeah. it just consists out of, out of made up things. I, I think there's this one guy, he, he's even at, at Tomei, he, he created this, um, this app um, where you can upload any photo, like five photos of your face, and then it would create really good looking photos. And somewhat people look like that, but that's, that's still, that's not, not how you look like on photos. Yeah. Usually. But then if everyone uses those on, on Tinder, I don't know, then you completely lose truth there to a certain extent. So yeah, or any type of platform. I mean, you, you see, like. you know, cyber crimes, like the, the biggest one, the most, the most common one is like phishing attempts, you know, where you get a really bad message and then one out of 10,000 clicks on this link, you know, and this can hit a large company, for example. But I think we will probably see more social engineering type of crimes, like when, you know, people just put up a LinkedIn profile or something like that, and they befriend you and they, you know, post cool stuff and you interact and all of a sudden you give them some important information, like like those type of things, you know, because and that, that can, you won't even notice because the, the picture might be, generated looks like a normal human um you have text that is even better written than you would ever write it so yeah that, that's what the, i can imagine there will be an upswing in like social engineering crimes like when it comes to cyber cyber warfare no no you don't even need agi for doing not at all I mean, you jo you just need some digital presence, yeah. but yeah, but that's like on the bad side. So as I said, there are a couple of like critical elements that I think could be ad addressed immediately, but I do think in the long run that there will be uh, more positive outcomes. What would you say are the prerequisites for AGI? What different <laughs> components do we need? To-do list. <laughs> yeah. I, I want a to-do list. I mean, Ekin will definitely promote the hardware I type of side, list. I can I imagine. I throw it into baby AGI and let's go. <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, I don't know how many subcategories there are. I mean, for AI, as um, people might know, it's a big uh, field. And you have machine learning, which is the most talked about. And yeah, large language models, computer vision, and so on. Uh, so forth. 
I think that will eventually become like that's already superhuman in a lot of tasks. It's just a matter of time before someone com comes up with like some modality platform where you can just add layer on top of layer and make it better. But there are, there are more elements to it and maybe someone else wants to highlight them. Because I think you start with like all the basic perception. You have like you have vision. Uh, let's keep smell back uh, a little bit for a, a little bit later. That will be challenging. But like vision, touch, um, hearing, and also reading, uh, a big part of vision as well to process all the different kinds of data. Then you need like uh, the actuators as well to act in the world. I think we already agreed that you need to have like some form of like acting in the world to get more knowledge based on the feedback then you also need to have like the cognition to process all the knowledge and to formulate plans and then you also need it has to be fast enough because it, it, it doesn't make any sense to like act then perceive and then get the feedback if the latency is too big you will never get anywhere and i think there are so many roadblocks but to do it like in the real world to get to an agi to just gather enough feedback and information so it can really get to a human level and do you think it might be possible to at some point in the future have a simulation or a synthetic environment that's good enough to actually train the agents completely in there that's a very good question i think sim sim i mean the, the, you mean basically big reinforcement learning um environments right and yeah there has been a lot of progress there and like you can train many many agents in parallel inside of those environments already um but i don't think it scales at the scale at which it would need to scale for what you what you want there maybe so so what i think is more crucial is not being able to transfer knowledge from things where you've already trained a niche AI onto something bigger, maybe via physics understanding. I don't know, you train an AI on a very stupid simulation where like a, a two-legged robot runs and then it somewhat learns how, how, how it can make it run. And it doesn't only like learn some like weird function that somehow works, but it needs to understand the physics like it kind of needs to go one level lower, needs to understand the principles that govern that walk. And then you can train this and apply it to a more broader field. And maybe this is the way to go, but this probably sounds easier than it actually is because this is like a really, really hard problem. People are working on that. But then you can save on compute capabilities. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the, the, the physics can be solved, but at the same time, if you uh, use a lot of agents in the same environment, there will stuff that we can't even think about. Maybe like the the, the interaction between them. Uh, if humans come to the picture, for example, there are so many layers that you can't uh, explain with physics. I'm not sure how easy it is to simulate all of those layers. And it's a super hard uh, 
environment for an agent, in my opinion, because you need to know all of those unknowns to be able to parse what is going on and take the right action. If you know what right means, that's another <laughs> topic. Um, but yeah, it's super complex in my opinion. And I'm not sure if we even know um, that amount of, of unknowns, especially with humans, like agents might guess what they are doing like in, in the same environment, maybe they know how uh, what they're gonna do next because yeah, they will take some um, deterministic um, maybe uh, decisions, but with humans, it's super complicated in my opinion. I, yeah, I think that, um, I think machine learning and deep learning and all of this uh, will become kind of like a, not standardized in education curriculum, but I think more and more people will learn about it. But like some other fields where I think we need to advance alongside is, as I said, robotics, for example. I'm not sure. I think you're in such a big bubble for AI and machine learning. I, I don't think it will be like normalized. It's not, it, we don't even have statistics in high school yet. Yeah, maybe not, but like as a, maybe maybe not machine learning as we know it of today, but like a reinforcement learning with human feedback that you, you know, like that you learn how to interact with these type of um, um, models, for example, like maybe early, maybe early university, that that's a, maybe a better way to introduce, better time to introduce it um, together with a statistics course or something like that to learn the basics. But I think that uh, robotics will be a big part of it. Like the hardware side will need to be advanced. Like it um, maybe like modern day computers are not the best ones. Maybe we need to look into more um like i know there's some advancement in like chemical computers i think it's called like in biological computers maybe i don't know if you've seen like the movie ex machina but uh the computer that runs in that robot's brain it like looks like a synthetic brain sort of thing um and i think that was the part that captured me the most in like the movie like okay what is actually like like how does that computer work in a sense because it didn't look anything like modern day computers even though it was supposed to represent the computers i can imagine that that's gonna have like um, like if you want to work in ai and machine learning it might be good to also learn a bit about uh, hardware or at least i find it interesting so um yeah. no. There's things like neuromorphic computers, which um, are, are meant to more closely represent the way that brain learns. Like in brain, you have Hab's rule, um, which basically says, okay, neurons fire together, they wire together. Or I think I, th I think that's what Hab's rule will said. I might might be confusing it, but uh, at least it was the same course, like that sentence and Hab's rule. Um, and this like the way that neural networks today are trained with uh gradient uh descent back propagation and so on that's not really how how brains learn so um I, I think neuromorphic computers are very interesting and then there are, are more um like more physical um computer models for example the eiling oscillator 
I think it was like a topic in the 1920s or so that people actually um, thought about that a lot. Um, and and they, they, they somewhat represent like a recurrent neural network, um, like represented through physics. There are actually companies today who try to solve large scale optimization problems using those physics based yeah, compute models. But from what I, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, Maybe, I mean, maybe I'm totally like, um, I'm very, I'm out on thin ice here, but I just can imagine that hardware will play a big part. And then it like AI will be boosted by cool robotics, you know, robots that can fly or hover or anything like that. And, um, maybe also like boosted by quantum computing or something. Um, and then the last point that I want to touch on is like ethics and stuff like that to make it reason and argue. I think that's that's important. quite fun. I talked to uh, Daiki. Uh, they're like a company uh, who try to implement like responsible AI. And I talked to a few of the engineers. And what's fun is they're especially telling uh, uh, tackling like gender bias and stuff like that at the moment in the large language models, and they always said it's like in the general models you again have like a huge bias problem based on the training data but once you specialize it on a training on like a downstream task which it has to do all the bias is gone like can you exemplify it um so for example if you oh yeah let's let's do like a use case for example you train a model for paper summarization in biomedical research and mm -hmm. uh, you before you always lose like ChatGPT, for example, you copy paste it in and it often is a little bit biased. For example, if you have like a sentence, uh, a nurse is naturally a, it always puts a woman there uh, and it just assumes it. But if you train the model uh, on something specialized like summarization, this won't happen again, like the bias gets removed and no one understands why. And uh, that's actually, I think, a really funny thing that like a little bit of bias gets removed on specialized model where you apparently have more control over it. And I think one side on the on the bias and ethical side is uh, which because Anthropic, for example, which is also training something like GPT-3, they have two models. One is giving feedback, one is doing like the text generation. Uh, that for me it's a weird approach, but okay, apparently it works. Um, for me, what you have to get in there to for AI to to be like unbiased uh, is a way in which you can hard code value ethics and stuff like that into a model. Hmm. Yeah, no, that is. A, I mean, it's definitely an interesting problem. And I have. Uh, what did you say the company was? I think it might be because of the, the data that they use for fine tuning, because like they, when they use downstream tasks, they will either, yeah, they will probably fine tune it, either add some layers or not, then they're probably using some data set that they know that it's not biased, just uh, it would be it would be an interesting research uh, research topic, I think. Yeah. So bringing back like the discussion to 
AGI. Do do you think we need AGI? Is it necessary? I think I'm like completely off field. I I'm like of the opinion we won't arrive at it in our lifetimes, and on, at the same time I'm of the opinion we don't need it. I uh, what I'm a big believer in is like the the model of human AI collaboration. I don't need an AGI that surpasses my intelligence in aspects I'm good at. Sorry, I can do that myself. Uh, I need an AI that takes tasks that I don't want to do or am not capable of doing. And then it's like the AI human teaming, which generates like the best results. And I don't think the way you would need an AGI for that, because a AGI per, by definition is better than the human, and then you don't need the human. And for me, it, it, it's not the purpose of life. You mean, yeah, it kind of takes away the fun in doing things, if it just does the things that you do better. Because why do yeah. you do things then? Yeah, it's very philosophical. Um, like, but on the other hand, you could say, okay, imagine that thing was way better at engineering anything, and it would like build tools that, or like design medicine that people could could swallow and uh, cure cancer or that prevent all car accidents in the future. And then again, it, it becomes promising and, and and tempting to to actually use those things. But the people who designed those drugs before that cured cancer and that designed cars before will say exactly what you said. Like they don't want their job to be taken because they won't have as much fun with it anymore. And then it becomes quite hard, right, to argue. But at what cost? Is it um, like, Will we have like complete overpopulation because we cured all illnesses um, and we run out of food? Uh, will we have like major mental health problem because any task is overtaken by the AI and everyone is just sitting around all day and like, I don't know, Instagram on steroids in 20, 50, 80 years? There are some people and I'm not one of those people, just to clarify, <laughs> that say, um, so we have evolution, right? So before we had the Homo sapiens, we had other human, like, I, I don't know the English word is Close relatives, yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe AGI is like the next step, like it's a step in evolution that humans will just become, like, if what, what's the goal of evolution? The evolu goal of evolution is to build a species that is persistent and is able to survive in the world. And if we build something like AGI that can is just way better at staying alive in the world, or maybe we can just stick it inside of a little box and shoot it to Mars or to other planets, and then it kind of is able to survive for longer even if the earth at some point in time, like it, it, it's, it's like very futuristic and so I'm like, I'm not sure. And the analogy that we are getting wiped out because you can't adapt fast enough. And, and, and like those people say, maybe it's a good thing. So there's those people that say it's a, a part of evolution. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, I know this is a, a weird way of looking at it. 
But, but I, I think that argument to a certain extent like, it, it somehow has logical sense inside of itself. If you put it like that, it's like I don't believe we will get it in my lifetime. But if you put yeah, it like yeah. that, I will put myself into Elon Musk, yeah. Musk's camp that we have to control AI, and but especially then AI same, research. I mean, then at the same time, if you look, for example, at chimpanzees, which is kind of the closest relative, and uh, they, if you were, if you would be able to ask them and say, like, hey, do, would you want someone who is better at doing this and uh, um, you know, can help you out with all of these things so that you can live a better life. Yeah, sure. But I, I think they would say that. But would would you be happy if you were to know that this new species would dominate and kind of make you a prisoner in your natural habitat or something like that? Is that what you want? So, and that's kind of the same situation we're at here. And I think it's important like to instill some values that we wanted to have. I think like companionship is one because um, I do think it would be good if AGI would take over some of the more uh, redundant and boring tasks that we don't want to do. I mean, that's, that's just great. You know, then people can focus on more stuff, but when it starts taking over the creative tasks, like, coming up with new ideas, um, having more interesting discussions, painting better pictures and stuff like that, uh, then, I mean, that's, that's, that's just no fun. So I think maybe some things should be left to humans and some other things can try to, you know, you should work on companionship and like um, doing things together, even though it might just do 99% of the work, you, you're still doing like coming up with new things, working in a small team, with robots or something like that. I think that's important. It's, it's again, like, I'm going to tease the one of the next topics. Um, why do we even need AGI? We mm. don't need AGI. Like the, the, the tasks that are boring can be done with, I don't know, different AI models um, during the day. And you can have the creative part basically uh, like you have different uh, uh, automated models within your life, you're going to be happy. Um, and that's going to be your AGI kind of. Do we really need an AGI, just one? Uh, I think we don't need that. And we're not going to probably achieve that before our planet dies. So that's another topic. But research is for research, I feel like. So people are curious if it's going to be possible and um, industry is using like smaller models for specific tasks anyways. Um, and just because of that curiosity, I think research is gonna uh, try to push it. I'm not sure if we are gonna achieve at that point. I think we're not gonna see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like again, uh, research is just for research. But if you were to say like, I, I mean, I, I... I, I'm more on the side of agreeing with you here because um, I do think we need really good narrow AI applications that can just support us in any, but I'm not sure if we need this kind of, you know, thousands of building blocks that all all of a sudden come, you know, combined into an AGI model that can do all of it, you know, for us. I'm not sure if that's necessary, but what, for everyone here, like what would be the benefit of an AGI? Like what would be 
a good outcome of having such a, such a model or such an entity. Just out of curiosity, <laughs> we are curious what happens. <laughs> That's how a horror uh, movie starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm, I'm trying to like, uh, yeah, yeah, you I, know, I just see, just see just see the other side. Like, what what would be a complete benefit of having it? Because uh, you know, there are some. I think you know, we no... brought up the evolutionary aspect that we would get kind of outnumbered and just not worthless. Yeah, yeah. I think there is none. I think yeah. for me, you can arrive at a good future with only specialized normal models with narrow intelligence instead of an AGI. And I think the thing I want from AI, autonomous agents, whatever, is to take over the work no one wants to do and uh, or help me be more productive or something like that. And that's why I actually don't agree with you that autonomous warfare is such a bad thing. Um, because it's like in an ideal future, I would rather have the clash between two countries, between like completely robot armies. And once they settled it, it's like we have our winner instead of having like human armies uh, fight against each other. Of yeah. course, no, 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 no. That, that I, I mean, that I, that I agree with you because, you know, there might be clashes between like cultures and it turns out into war, but I'm, I'm more focusing on when like a, when an autonomous system takes a decision to like, kill a human person like, and that's that's again the trolley problem yes okay. yeah <laughs> yeah and... yeah but that's why i also mentioned like ethics and moral like this should also be pushed together with the development of ai exactly. um yeah so I, I i i see what you mean and um, but yeah this is a good discussion I, so yeah the question is if ai gets advanced enough in a certain task will it be able to completely avoid the death so that's like the future which like is autonomous driving is offering that if you have like level five autonomous driving that it will be so efficient that there won't be deaths because it's just they're communicating all the time and they're reacting way faster than humans and the same question i think it's back the ai if there is only the option that someone is dying <laughs> who do you want to take the decision? I don't see, no. is, is, is it better that a human takes a decision uh, or an AI takes a decision? In the AI, I'm guaranteed it can process the situation fast enough to at least have some cognition in there. For a human, he's probably only reacting. Mm. Yeah, probably. Mm. Well, no, I'm, I'm like, I think, I think, all of us are kind of on the side of many narrow AI applications here. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's very uncertain about the outcome, but I like, yeah, I'm more positive than like negatively inclined on this topic. Um, but there are some, I think it's good that people, I, I think I saw today or yesterday that was it US or, or G7 or Europe or something like that. Europe already is kind of in the making of regulating AI, uh, which I'm not sure like if they're doing like the optimal choices, but um, I saw that the US is also pushing this now and the G7 nations and all of this. So I think we're probably going to see a lot of this discussion throughout this decade. I think so. The I actually I, I like a bunch of stuff about the AI Act. 
because I think it's a needed regulation and it puts like a framework for companies out there at least. And it's the first thing I have seen in writing that it like the the social scoring which is done in China that it's completely prohibited that you can't do it with AI and that's for me one aspect which is like the most interesting yeah that's another interesting but what um, uh, to talk about the narrow fields like what narrow field of AI are you most excited about them M me specifically go ahead at the moment I think it's uh, science um and I think already the example you put for like biology, um, that the AI first, it can discover like, for example, drag or some compounds. And you also have like the autonomous labs where you just can rapidly create new compounds, test them, get the feedback and then iterate. And that for me has like such a huge potential, the combination of like biology, robotics, and like just the raw processing power of like the AI. Yeah, I also agree. Like the healthcare part is, in my opinion, very interesting because it will also make uh, many aspects, many drugs, many uh, operations very accessible because it's going to be uh, regulated and can be done by probably any any model, uh, whatever we will see. Um, and I'm also super excited about the healthcare um, piece of things. I'm really looking forward to seeing what will happen in the robotics domain, not necessarily just because of the applications, but just because, it, because it's really cool, right? Um, having autonomous robots running around or deploying them without much development effort um just sounds like a lot of fun to me um of course this will be that probably the hardware will be so costly that it's often not possible to actually replace repetitive human tasks with that but in theory it would be possible if the hardware costs went down and you had relatively inexpensive ai i don't know rescue people in um earthquake regions and so on like that would also be really really cool like doing things no one wants to do or where you don't have enough people to do it if it's dangerous or if it's like really hard work you don't want humans to perform robots could help out there um but yeah i i think hardware costs will play a massive role there and i don't think they will go down as quickly as software costs 